are. We know who we are. We're bringing it back. I want to thank you for being with us for the last two hours. Listening to some very excellent progressive rock and roll. Rock and roll that God intended for it to be. Challenging, quirky, jagged, angular, grandiose, and whimsical. Cosmic and pastoral. The whole spectrum. I hope you join us next week. And thank you for being with us here in this holiday season. On this the December 8th, 2021. We'll see you next time. W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. Yes, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That stands for Let's Watch a Full Length Movie with on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. Ready to go. Very excited about this film. Oh, you are so enthusiastic about today's movie. <laughs> we watch a full length movie on YouTube. There's a lot of movies on YouTube. Stuff I read about and now they're available. And some movies, Carl, uh, they're so atrociously bad. There's no way you can watch them on your own. You need some company. <laughs> so what we offer is our podcast uh, and also a live stream show. Basically, we pick a movie from YouTube. You listen to the podcast and watch the movie at the same time. Oh, man. And Carl, we do stream. We are right now on radio.fm uh, every Sunday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard. Uh, and then in the Midwest, you can figure it out. You got it. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, why? You figure it out. And uh, rest of the world, oh, 
we are international. So uh, that is our main sponsor. We stream our show first on Sundays, and then we drop as a podcast by the acronym L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. That's why we mentioned it up front. We'd love for you to subscribe if this is your first time. And we're also on YouTube, uh, on our YouTube channel, L-W-A-F-L-M-O-Y-T. <laughs> so go to YouTube, and uh, we want you to get ready. Carl, what is the movie this week? We're going to watch Hardly Working 1980. That's what you put in the YouTube search engine. Hardly Working 1980. Right. Yeah. If you type in Hardly Working and then hit return, it's probably a song from the last 30 years <laughs> or like some viral video that has nothing to do with your choice. <laughs> All right. So, and who uh, is hosting this movie? Which, yeah, uh, that's a tough one. It's called... Klazina Schouten, I guess it's German, K-L-A-Z. If you find K-L-A-Z, that's the channel. So perfect, we want you to go right now, type in Hardly Working 1980, hit return, find the movie posted by Klazina Stoughton, and then uh, hit the link, hit pause immediately. And if you have the opportunity, hit uh, move the timer to zero. (laughs) The opportunity. I don't know. So I had trouble last week on my streaming service. So uh-huh. uh, yeah, find a YouTube outlet that you trust. And uh, when we say go, you're going to hit go. But before we hit go, we're really excited. We have a celebrity comedian countdown. That's right. We have a celebrity comedian to do the countdown. And uh, Carl has uh, just went off, just did an interview. Got him. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Celebrity Comedian Countdown, this time with Deanna Kobe. Welcome, Deanna. Well, thank you so much, Carl. Hi. Yeah, hi. We are comedy friends, right, out there. We are co-stars in a podcast out there. We bump (laughs) into each other all the time. You even co-hosted the Reserve Open Mic once. Were you surprised that I asked you? I was very, very surprised, Um, especially too, I feel like it was such a great honor to be asked because, um, you know, you put such love towards your co-hosts. Like I've noticed that, (laughs) you know, like you had such a good relationship with Yousef and now with Kate. So I was so happy. Um, I always, again, I get super appreciative, like the fact that like people want to include me, you know, because especially I think, don't you feel sometimes with comedy, you're like, you know, like the weird kid (laughs) on the playground. Yes. (laughs) So I was like, oh yeah, this is great. And I love the fact that you guys were doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally, again, I love being around people that are just carrying out their projects and doing what they want to do. You know, it's like they are just they're 
literally, right? Not just talking the talk. Y'all are walking the walk. So I was so excited to be around that energy. Yeah. I And I want to just compliment you about it because um, me and Steve wrote the, Steve Goldberg wrote the screenplay and you had your lines, right? But but if another actress had done it, it wouldn't be the same and it wouldn't have been so funny because you bring that like craziness to the line. <laughs> like persona in there. It was really good. Oh, thank you. It was super fun. And like I said, I was so excited for you and Steve because I know you guys have been working together for a while yeah. on, you know, different projects. So it's really great to see your collaboration and that you guys are doing it. Yeah, it's a team effort, and it's not just a team effort between me and Steve. It's the whole, uh, you know, cast and crew, Tony, uh, you know, getting getting the shots right, and and Chris Monty, of course, the legend. So um, it's a team effort, and I'm glad you're on the team. Thank you. Yeah, it's been super fun. I had a great time doing it, you know. Now, later, I'm going to ask you how people can find you on social media, but I'm not sure I should. Recently, you got hacked. Oh, I did get hacked like a dummy. Um, I mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was it was pretty traumatic. I didn't um, realize it. <laughs> so I got from my. I'm friends with my friend's dad. I've known yeah. this guy since I was 12 years old. Right, mm-hmm. he's like my second father. So I had gotten a message from him. Um, I saw the video of you. And all it was was two emoticons, like smacking the head emoticon and a heartbreak emoticon. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. Because, you know, especially doing weird. comedy, I have I have some terrible content out there. I was like, what did John see? <laughs> oh, my God. He's so I'm like, how is he broken hearted? This I was like so upset. Yeah. Disappointing. <laughs> get the video. I tried to figure out the video. So. Not realizing, because I haven't been on social media that long, that that was like, oh, no, that's a ploy to get hacked, you know? Um, Fishing. Yeah, yeah. so I guess my password, because of that, so then that in turn got sent out to everybody on my friends list. Yeah. And it was crazy, like, how fast everybody's like, you got hacked, you got hacked. I'm like, oh, my God, (laughs) code red, what do I do? This is crazy. (gasps) I got a message, is this you in this video? And I replied, all caps, hacked. (laughs) So you knew right away. Well, yeah, from past experience. Now, I never actually clicked the phishing link, but still, like, I don't know, the, the first time that ever happened to me, it was super suspicious. Like, you look at the link and it doesn't end in a movie file name, you know? It's very suspicious. I, How did like, you get out of it so quick? Um, I changed my password, uh-huh. right? That's all it took. I think, yeah, that was it. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, there could be other things that I probably should have done. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I just, I don't like social media. I don't really like engaging with it and things like this happen. And I'm like, oh my God, this is like, is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? I don't like, should I just close the account? Yeah. Can't right. get hacked in, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just weird. I don't know. It was very. Well, I just feel as a comedian, you don't want to be hacked. But anyway. <laughs> So you are maybe not engaged with social media, but you're certainly engaged with many, many comedians. You have your own podcast, which I look forward to, called Comedians Exposed. Yay! 
I can't wait to have you as a guest too. I'm really oh. excited to get you exposed. Whoa, I'll be there. Uh, Click this link. Exactly. <laughs> oh, smacking my head emoticon. <laughs> um, it's a I interview comedians because I feel doing comedy like again, just like getting hacked. How my friend's dad, like I really believe that he saw a potential joke of mine and was really disappointed. Yeah, you know. So I, that was kind of like, for me, comedy is a very vulnerable place. It's like really uncomfortable. So I like talking to other comedians to see what their experience is like and what makes them uncomfortable. Um, because I really believe that good things come out of being uncomfortable. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Yeah, you're in a pressure situation and you see what comes out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, you let things go as well, which is like mm -hmm. super cool to be able to be like, I don't need to carry this anymore. I'm just releasing it. And that's super freeing, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of shit that really doesn't matter. And we just get caught up in such silly things. So you must come to the table with all sorts of questions already prepared without even trying because you're trying to see if they're in the same place you are as a comedian, I guess. Like, you know the right questions to ask uh, to really pull it out of them. It's been really enjoyable. Yeah, like, people have been really, uh, for the most part, most of the guests have really engaged in what I'm trying to do, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, people, and they share really personal things, you mm -hmm. know. Um, but not right away, after you break them down a little. <laughs> I break, <laughs> exactly. It's like the goddamn Marines. <laughs> like, listen, you piece of garbage. <laughs> Nobody likes your comedy. Now let's talk about vulnerability. Um, no, yeah, I guess so. Like, again, I have certain questions. Like, again, I because vulnerability means different things to different people, yeah. you know? Um, like, some people, again, we talk about physical vulnerabilities or emotional. Like, so I kind of, like, you know, poke and prod. And like I said, it just kind of organically flows. And like I said, it's just really awesome what people have been willing to share. Yeah. So. Well, it's a really good podcast. And it also has a really good look and feel with that black and white. And it's sort of old timey filmy. I'm not sure what effects you do, but it yes. works. That's all. Oh, thank you so much. Because uh, again, that's, I, you know, it's something I like to do. Like doing the podcast was, you know, kind of, it came out of during being in the pandemic and quarantine yeah. and me still wanting to engage in comedy in a way. So, and a lot of, you know, it felt kind of uncomfortable because it's like, oh, everybody's got a podcast, which that's true. You know, you know, everybody does and that's fine. So it's like, what I do is for me. So it's nice when you hear someone else that it's like, oh, I do this because I enjoy it, but I am appreciative of you also recognizing those things. It really well, feels yeah, nice. You know, you listen to these comedians' podcasts, and I do, and it really feels like you're eavesdropping on a conversation. Yours isn't like that. Oh, wow. Now, okay. you were alone during the quarantine, right? You yeah, yeah. alone for months. Yep. Yeah, I live by myself. <laughs> I don't have kids, so right. I... um. Yeah, it was, and I'm an introvert to begin with, mm -hmm. so it's been very challenging, like, reacclimating now, like, that things, like, you know, like, things are open and we're out, yeah. and uh, it's just like, holy moly, I'm like, <laughs> I am maladjusted, I have not realized how, how, how bad it got. 
<laughs> well, your hair grew back, so that probably helps in social situations. Uh, wait, what did you say? Your hair grew back. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I think. Town, you know? <laughs> uh, I kind of, I know I haven't gotten a haircut since I shaved my head. I have not <laughs> been in a salon. Uh-huh. A salon. A salon. Well, yeah, that's where ladies have to go. I gotcha. can't go to the, the I mean, I could the go bar- to the barber, that's but then. What I do. Yeah. Yeah. But I got my own clippers. I could just shave my own head again. Yes, and you proved that point. (laughs) Okay, now how can people find you out there on the internet, on social media? What's your Twitter handles and snapograms? Um, So, yeah, on, like, Facebook and, like, I occasionally use Twitter and um, TikTok, yeah. Just put in Deanna Kobe and we'll find you. just Deanna Kobe, you can find me, and then... uh, on Instagram, too, you can put in Deanna Kobe. My handle's Pandora's Mouth. Uh-huh. Pandora's yeah. Mouth. What a box. <laughs> Open it up and let the shit out. <laughs> so, uh, well, I'll leave that alone. So, <laughs> okay, now everyone at home is poised to watch this movie with us. Uh, we're going to watch a full-length movie on YouTube, and it's important that people at home press play at the exact same time we do in the studio. So let's get ready. Why don't you take it away, Deanna Kobe? Give us that celebrity comedian countdown. Three, two, one, go. Oh, wait a minute. I thought we were watching Hardly Working. This is the this is a different movie. Oh, this is like a montage of Jerry before this movie starts? The United States cut had a montage, and they're playing the music. It's the, like, typewriter bit from a movie called Who's Minding the Store in 1963. This is like an attempt to say, like, remember Jerry Lewis and and how he was so funny? We had a chance to watch a French movie he did from 1984 last week uh, where, you know, Carl does a lot of research on this. It, it looks a lot easy, maybe. Yeah. But I, I did the research and did this so well. Oh, I just saw this in the fella. Uh, and he had made, like, uh, infamously, The Day the Clown Cried in 1972. He kind of stopped making movies uh, until 1980 when this came out. That's right. He, a full decade, and it was a low point for him. Yeah, he did Hook, Line, and Sinker, which was the uh, sequel to Salt and Pepper with Peter Lawford of Sammy Davis Jr., he directed their sequel. It's terrible. I've seen that TCM. But uh, he didn't direct anything that was released in theaters until this one. So Right. This one, yeah, this was his comeback. And it was a hit. Um, yeah, oh, I'm sure. And it just played on cable throughout uh, decades. I want to mention Ron Lynch, one of the greatest comedians ever. He mimics his typewriter bit with the where he pantomimes the typewriter. Mm-hmm. Except his version uh, adds gunfire and a cow sound and butts and, <laughs> and various noises. And uh, he just rolls up the punches. It's great. Now, if there ever was a ta- talented Jerry Lewis, we just saw it. We saw the bellboy, the errand boy, who's minding the store, Cinderfella, and the Patsy. And it was all between 60 and 64. That's when he was like fresh and new, like this, he was blowing up. And everyone thought he was hilarious. Well, that stuck in his mind, and it stuck in his heart. And whatever he would do for the rest of his life, he believed it to be. Uh, I mean, he just, he thinks this movie is funny. And you'll see what I'm talking about as we watch it. 
You might get an ad. You'll only get one for the film. I already got it. I'm watching the hardly working title. Oh, okay. Tell me when you get to Steve Franken's name. Oh, no, Buddy Lester, okay? Okay. Well, I see Susan Oliver and the tents going up. Yeah, well, the show's about to begin, Carl. They're setting up the big top for us. It's literally starting the show. Right. It's starting the scene. Harold Stone. It's going to say Steve Franken. Would you say? Featuring Buddy Lester and Billy Barty. That's it. That's now, 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 now. Okay. That was the worst count up ever. <laughs> you know, I should mention Billy Barty gets top line billing. He does not say a word in this movie. <laughs> yeah. He's just up in the circus scene. And that's it. I love this movie. Uh, this is this movie inspired me for the podcast, to be honest with you, because my brother had a great podcast called, he still has it, Proudly Resents, the cult movie podcast. And Adam Spiegelman, the host, uh, would have interviews, and he would also uh, talk about movies. And he got me on, and we talked about this film. Mm-hmm. And it, it definitely, like, a lot of his friends were positive about it. So that was kind of cool. I pressed my brother's friends. But, yeah, this film, I, I, it, but the fact that I, I suggested it because it was full length on YouTube. Right. You know, and uh, so this movie definitely, there it is, The Master, Jerry Lewis. So this movie was a big inspiration for the podcast, the fact that it showed up on YouTube. And uh, the, the genesis. Yeah. Now, I got to mention, Carl, this this uh, circus, indoor circus, has a laugh track. <laughs> okay. Let's see if we can. Yeah. So okay. here comes Sherry. Get ready for laughs, all right? Oh, here's Jerry. Look, he's got a small suitcase. You see the size of his small suitcase? Right, and he put it on the table. What's with the music? Did they just go into an elevator? They, they will play the same song over and over. There, laughter. Yeah, you're right. It's a laugh track, all right. They fooled me. They fooled me. Yeah. You <laughs> You're right. It clearly is. I mean, we might as well be watching <laughs> what you name it. Different yeah. strokes. Not for nothing. The French love the circus with the clowns and the three rings. And mm-hmm. uh, and you know, America does too. So that's kind of a good connection. And he's a clown. I think that's probably his patented clown face. It is his patented clown face. Absolutely. He he wore the same exact makeup in... Um, okay. It was designed for him for 1954's Three Ring Circus and later reused 1965's The Family Jewels. So he's doing it here like an homage to himself. Well, you know, you trademark your clown face. Oh, so it's, it's him as... Like, when he's a clown, he's this guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. I see. A rabbit? I wonder if that will be foreshadowing to the end of the film. Huh, a rabbit. Wow. That was a rabbit that looked like a kitty cat. Oh, my mistake. Hey, there's Billy Barty. There you go. I got frontline credit. I had to kiss him. I had to kiss Jerry Lewis, but he got me. Got me top bill credit. Hey, guys. Now we have the delivery, yeah, of the news. The, uh... We're going bankrupt, and our last performance is the next one, you know. I'm sorry, guys. We have to downsize. We're going to be now a half-ring circus. (laughs) 
<laughs> we're gonna one point five. Circus. Barnum. Ring. ring Barning. Uh, I can't say the name. What was the name of the circus? Bailey. Uh, Bar Barnum. Bailey. No, Barnum. Barnum. Um, Barnum. 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 Barnum and Ringling Brothers. Exactly. Bailey's one point five ring circus is coming to town. We'll be on the border of Nutley and Clifton. <laughs> well, formerly the uh, tree lot, the two guys parking lot. Oh, now he's got to take the clown makeup off. So the show started over the credits, and now the movie begins. He takes some uh, Vaseline. And he makes like a tear. Oh my God. Okay. This is really so the tone right now of the film we're set up is, you know, the sad clown. Right? I mean, we're right. ready for our film. And guess what? We'll never see it again. <laughs> it's totally inappropriate to open with this if you're not. Okay, here's our first Star Trek connection. This is Harry Mudd, one of my favorites, Harry Mudd. Original series? Yes. And for us, he was in A House is Not a Home. Oh, the Shirley MacLaine uh, uh, Rotham movie. Right. And he was that crazy heroined out guy they had to go save the girl from. Yeah, I remember. That's a great movie. Uh, it's not a great movie, but that's a great performance. It's a, that's a funny role. Now, I know you don't know Star Trek, but Harry was a Mutt. big deal because he was funny. And he was one of the first funny... Remember, it's, it's the original series, so... He was a con man and a salesperson, you know, so Kirk would have to deal with him. Maybe I'm bitter. You know, I was uh, the talking dog on the Star Trek uh, Saturday morning cartoon. And mm -hmm. Just never bring that up. The Saturday morning cartoon sucked... The art looked really bad, so I was never a fan of it. It did have interesting episodes, like if they had been filmed like Star Trek, but it just didn't appeal to me. It looked like a coloring book for kids, you know? No, so again, look, okay, so here's a big beat for me. Look at the whip outside. This is all yeah. shot in Florida. And so these are Florida mansions. And, uh, oh, Jerry, Jerry, tone it down. I asked for a six year, not an eight. So he's out of work, and the sister is welcoming him into the home. But the the husband Harry Mud is not happy about it. But he'll Harry do Mudd. what his wife wants. Look at this house Harry Mud has. He's got a pool table and a water bar. Yeah, he works at the bank, and he's always drinking. He's always drinking. Yeah, well, you know, it's hot out there. You got to be hydrated. Yeah, with with rum. <laughs> you think he's making rum right now? He's got to. No, nah, he's probably one of those single malt scotch guys. Right. Is it in a decanter? <laughs> We're missing a little <laughs> decanter. In a, he's got a humidor. Um we're miss we're missing some. They're trying to be funny, in which the kids like say the same lines over and over and repeat each other. And okay, now the tone of the film is like we're well. See, okay, here's what I want to say. You see how serious a man he is, right? 
he was yeah. a clown and now he's got to come home and you know he's got to get i mean we're in a drama right now all right i just want to establish that for well, you well i could tell from the music playing behind us <laughs> what's with jerry in his safest uh sweater uh, I mean, oh yeah that's blue. another thing um by the way when he's just himself Come yeah. on, he's Jerry Lewis. He's Jerry Lewis with the look <laughs> and the rings and the sweater and the... He has the rings on. I'm like, Floyd. No, listen, you know, the clown business is a tough business. <laughs> uh, Sometimes, you know, it's about talent. So he's unloading his trunk, moving... Right, in. the girls, he's sleeping in the daughter's room. But... Right, and we're still in a drama... And now, you know, I want you to know, Uncle Jerry, when Dad says the mean, he doesn't mean the mean things he says. I'm a serious adult, and it's okay. I know your father for a lot of years. We don't see eye to eye, but it, it's a, it's a, it's like it's a drama. Yeah. Well, does this tone show up again? I mean, he he goes and tries to get work, right? Because right now, Jerry Lewis is hardly working. Yeah. He's out of work right now, and no, he's hardly working when he has the jobs. But you see, it doesn't really apply because he's never lazy in the... It's a bad title for hardly you know, working because he gets fired all the time, I guess. You know, it's funny. Like I, I know Adam Sandler has this tradition of being the water boy. Or the, you know, Rob Schneider movies, he's the animal, the hot chick. And Jerry had that down with, with the iron boy and and the Geisha Boy, and uh, mm -hmm. different different films like that. But so he'd always be Jerry Lewis is in the fella, uh, right? Or as so that to say as, but or is the Nutty Professor. But this is a pun. Is hardly working. <laughs> I see. Yeah, I didn't put two and two together there. Why would you say Jerry Lewis is hardly working? His name is not hardly working. <laughs> oh, all right. Here we go. This all right. So, ooh, what a big beat. So the, the, the ad campaign in this movie says the original jerk. So this right. came year after the jerk. Yeah. The jerk, you know, uh, the cans, not only knocked over the cans. Yeah. Oh, look, red shirt, blue sweater, sleeveless vest. Interesting. It's an inverse. I got a job. And, then what? But it, and the jerk, it's, you know, it's, it's such a charged movie. And it was such an edgy or subversive film that, it, you know, the jokes weren't even kept knocking over the cans. It was that there was a crazy, uh, you know, well, it, was, it was a well-written script because it was like his stand-up act. You know, a lot yeah. of his stand-up act contributed. And um, it was silly. But what, what, how he felt, uh, how Jerry Lewis felt about it was that that's me. He's doing me. He's doing me. And that just wasn't the right. case, you know. Um, okay, the original jerk, first of all, the tagline was the world's funniest, funniest, funny man is back. And then it was the original jerk. Um, it was, after, okay, 79 was the jerk. So he was trying, I don't know, was he trying to take the wind out of Steve Martin's sails or? Well, I think they were trying to reach the same audience. And, uh, you know, you could kind of, I don't think he wrote the campaign, ad, but, you know, this. Uh, I don't know. He became... A co-owner of the, I mean, this was his baby. He made this happen. Now, he wasn't a producer, uh, but he had a part of it. And he, let's see here. 
he gets a co a co writing credit just because he's doing himself. So right. okay, all we're getting is goofy. Like now he's on the job and he's like dusting, and the boss is like, "Nobody dusts a gas station, you boob." But it's all a setup. We're about to meet love interest. Well, also, there's like you know, there's nothing happening in these movies. He has to create the scene. He has mm -hmm. to walk into a room and knock over the cans. Otherwise, you have no scene. Yes, I make a scene. Yeah. So we're just killing time until he knocks. So it could be anyway. You're so right about that observation. That's you'll see it throughout this film and all of his films. Like he enters into a place and it's he who starts bumbling and fucking up or encountering something quirky. He right. makes the, you know, stuff doesn't happen to him and he reacts, which is so much comedy. But it's the same kind of, it gets a little, you know. Okay, so this is his second job he's got, I'm counting jobs. Uh, this is his very first job. Well, do you, don't you count the clown job? No. That was oh. his career, and he got fired, and now he's got odd jobs. Oh, love interest, holy cow! And my goodness, she's our second Star Trek connection. You tell. Oh, well, she's the big deal. You know that green girl you see sometimes in Star Trek stuff? The green girl. Oh, my God, that's the green girl from Star that, Trek? That's right. The Orion slave girl or something like that. Yeah, I, I have seen that episode, which is much better than... Uh, the menage. There's always a still with, like, uh, William Shatner, like, macking on her. Well, you know, it, no, it was um, it was Christopher Pike. I mean, that was the um, pilot. The pilot, yeah. Okay. Wow. So she is very OG. Look at this wind of Florida. It's driving me crazy. It's such a bad movie. Well, look at it. The, the director has no control of the wind. <laughs> Why must it be that windy? Why must I see a movie with so much wind in it? Is it that crucial that it's shot in Florida? <laughs> like it's not so great it is crazy look at it it's like a tornado right now a tornado okay look i'm trying to watch jerry do his stick right but i can't because there's a plant to that makes one of us i have to check the furniture on my own face now okay so i would like to now say okay we uh -huh. had uh a guy who's a career guy as a clown an intelligent gentleman who had a direction. He's thrown out of work. He's getting some help. The husband's hard on him. The daughter. Okay. And now that same guy comes out here and all of a sudden, hey, you stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Right. That's right. Because he was so serious. Yeah. And he was like, listen, you know, sis. See, this is he's trying to. Okay. Watch the hood. You see the hood? Yep. Okay, watch. watching the hood. Yeah. Could We're you release the plug, ma'am? <laughs> okay, it's up. It's up. The hood is up. Oh, it's down. It's down. Oh, it's going up. Yep, it's down. <laughs> oh, my God. That's magic. The hood is down. Now it's up again. And our continuity stuff's over. All right. Okay. All right. Jerry, go, all right. go ahead. <laughs> no, not yet. Not yet. Okay. Yeah. Look, well, you've got about uh, 20 quarts. <laughs> Oh. And he goes, six or eight chords. <clears throat> so the kid, like, doesn't like Jerry. But for some reason, 
The love interest totally likes him. You're, you're creeping my mom. Yep, that's right. That's right. That's what you're saying. You're... Uh -oh. sticks on there. I can never do that. I oh, think this might be yesteryears. I always like to use a paper roll, paper towel roll to stick it, uh, <laughs> to extend the gas tank. <laughs> and you know, if gas really touches cardboard, it goes right through it, you know, not quickly, but it dissolves right through it. I mean, the thing would have just gotten soggy and crumbled. Really? Oh, there goes my pipeline plants. Oh, oh. radiator off now. The gas is, is going to have an explosion. And, and the love interest thinks this is delightful. Could you think that's a <laughs> Maybe, oh no, the tire. Oh yeah, the boss has to walk out. You can't have a climax until the boss walks out. Yeah, because it's you're fired. Right, well, you know, what's he going to do? Be in his office during an explosion, run out and be like, I missed it, but you're fired. <laughs> out of frustration, he'll knock the cans over himself. It also doesn't make sense. You'll, s look, look, he just, he can't stand what's going on. He doesn't understand it. So he starts knocking over the cans, like as a stress relief, I guess. <clears throat> oh, I'm I'm sorry, ma'am. Really sorry, ma'am. Yeah, birthday job. But he's twitching. He's doing a, a Herbert Bowl. Oh, Pop. Wow, knocked his mom. Knocked his mom to the passenger seat. It's hilarity. It's hilarity. And the mom loves it. Does it uh, make any sense? <clears throat> no, he, he doesn't care anymore. He doesn't give a shit. Everything's right. Because my why? Mind. Because why? He's off his... Look, now he's going to cry, so... Yeah, he just spent a lot of time. Ooh, I can't get a granola bar? Yeah, it's in that uh, glass jar over there. Great. Oh, Uber can I get a piece of uh, honey bread? Yeah, it's in the other glass jar. Kind of Grubhub. This is 1980s Grubhub. 1980s Grubhub. Can I help you? Yes. I would like a delivery. How jam? We don't do that yet. We suggest you go to Chuck E. Cheese or. What do you do now? Well, we create a wallpaper that you could blend into when you talk on the phone. Joe Pesci. Joe Pesci. That's Joe Pesci? Yeah. Wait, of the Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci? Of the Joe Pesci's. I don't know this YouTube copy. He's a little blurry. Okay, sure so the joke here is at a glass and mirror factory, and he's getting in the car with the boss because we're hearing crashing noises, and apparently he did it. See, this is a montage of the sister getting him jobs and him fucking it up on day one and getting fired. Okay, here we go. Here's 925. So he's at a disco at 79. <laughs> yep. Oop, yeah, that's good. I love Jerry. Oh, he's at a strip club. What he's trying to do here is all those early 60s, you know, he's trying to do that movie again. But he mixes oh. it with the drama. It's not. So we saw a montage of him doing bits. And then this movie's like, here's Jerry doing bits. Right. That's right. I, you know, like, yeah, it's a kind of a welcome. Like, you know, I would be really excited to see this. Movie. I don't think I saw this in the theater. I do remember watching this on HBO at a friend's house. And going, <clears throat> is that a laugh? This is he is getting sexually aroused, 
But if you watch his face and stuff, he doesn't look like he's getting sexually aroused. He looks like he's attracted. No, he can't. He can't keep his eyes off. Didn't we see? It doesn't look to now. Look, he creeps on her. Yeah, he kicked out. He's fired. Also, you're not funny. Women aren't funny. It really wasn't funny. Like, can't you see Jim Carrey showing us getting sexually excited? Right? Yeah, I do. And, I do. Yeah. I see that. I see that same shtick happening in movies in the '90s. Right? You don't see like Chris Farley getting a job or right. Uh, you know, senseless okay. or whatever. It's this just is the worst of the worst of the worst of the worst. This is a show. It is a an Asian, just like a stereotype. It's just insulting. It's it's insulting. This was the fucking movie poster. Look at the teeth. Yeah, I know. It was a movie poster. This this was yeah, like what this was the movie poster, which was okay in eighties. Eighty. Well, also what the fiendish plot of Fu uh, Manchu from Peter Sellers was in. Yeah. Was and we saw that Charlie Chan movie that was nineteen eighty one. Yep. Uh, so. Look at this. And, it's just, and the things he says are like, I am stupid. It's, it's I don't, really just really. Let's see, he works at a disco strip club to like a Benny Hanna. Like, did we miss something in 7980? Like, were we not invited to these? Was there a fondue uh, restaurant? He goes next. Oh, look at He's got the fan. Oh, I am so smart. This, this bit's going on for longer than the movie. No, yeah, that's right. It will go on for way too long, and it's repulsive, in my opinion. Oh, this is what Crusty the Clown got uh, canceled, like the second season or whatever. Murray he comes out and he he, uh, he puts the fake teeth in in the, mm-hmm. the glasses. He looks like Jerry Lewis in this movie. Oh man, that's a lot of bean sprouts. Wow, that's, that's a lot of bean sprouts. I don't know. That's Jesus. That's just way too much. Look at that pile of bean sprouts. I would have to say, in conclusion, like he's trying to whack it. Like he's grabbing her. That's so on high and shit. And the thing is, you know, the people on set were like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh that was so funny, Jerry. That was wonderful. Let's shoot it again. Do another shot, Jared." It wasn't, you know what I mean? They're just kissing his butt and being polite. You think they were kissing his butt or they were just doing what they were told? I think they were doing what they were told, but part of that, so that Jerry doesn't get pissed off, is you smile and you compliment. Uh, (laughs) It must have been a nightmare set. Is he doing Japanese Benihana Kung Fu? Yeah, he's like, it's stupid. It doesn't make sense in the real world. People are going to... Kick him out and kill him or something, and so he. No, no. It always gets cut to the next scene, and then it, it stops. Right? You're thinking in real life. Got a new job now. We will. We we will see a payoff in this. Oh, okay, good. Oh, good. See, nutty professor. Okay, it's just like you said. It's the state. You know, he walks into the scene, but look. There is something quirky and strange he encounters. And now we'll have a bit. Oh, the flame? Yeah, and so he looks to the left and right. I don't understand <laughs> that. A I mean, all that's missing is the orchestra. I know the orchestra's playing right now, right? 
Uh, yeah, they played the same song throughout. This is like pantomime. This is really like elevated. This is not like a full orchestra. Or maybe it is, but it's... Like no, it is. Song. It is. Oh, here she is. I love your shop. It's my mother, Mike. I noticed from the black uh, fur coat. Yeah, I recognized it. My mother is in the store. David, we're having an affair, and we do need something for my husband. It's his birthday, you know. Okay, so. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She wants to know what's the price. Now, what is that thing, Mike? It's a mirror. Uh, it is. Oh no! Don't open it. Water's gonna rush out, right? Oh, you've seen this film before. Yeah, it's supposed to be a portal, porthole. Porthole. I, mean, I know you've seen this film before. I just forgot for a second because usually I make. Mean, like oh, I was just taking a wild guess. I can't believe this is where it's heading. <laughs> so now, and then the music is nonsensical. Uh, Why would this exist? Right. It's conceptual art. It's a gallery where it's interactive. You open it. <laughs> this is conceptual uh, art. I think they're selling lamps, and I think it's like a lighting store. You know, I have to <laughs> say, like, I like Jerry Lewis movies because a lot of times his co-hosts, his co-hosts uh, are, are more interesting than Jerry's. You know, or they, they put up with a game. You know, I mean, that poor woman's got a splash of water. She held it up. <laughs> They hugged at the end of it. So Harry Mudd is now like chiding him like, so you've been here 10 days and you've lost six jobs. What a fucking loser you are. Did we see all six jobs? And now, yeah, he lost all those jobs on the first day. Now we'll see. We're back to the drama. And he's a smart, intelligent young man who's, uh, oh, I mean, 55-year-old man. He's a smart, intelligent man who finds himself out of work, and he's struggling. It doesn't make any sense. When he goes out and he breathes the air of outside, he's a wacky, stupid dude. When he's inside, he's, like, trying to get through this hardship. That's really true. And it's so funny because it's another, like, late 70s thing, this this unemployment that uh, was happening. The sister's happy. It's marvelous. Do you remember the land the land of the giants? Maybe. I don't remember her haircut, her hairdo. Her <laughs> no, no, that's okay. This guy here. Let's see. Um wait, 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 wait. This is Buddy Lester, okay? And uh-huh. he was in fake out. Oh, I love Fake Out. What's yeah. up with uh, Zadora? And it was at the MGM Grand. Uh, right. And that was one of our episodes. Okay, so now Harry Mudd has pulled some strings. He called up uh, Fake Out guy, Buddy Lester, and he said, Look, you're some dude in the government who knows big and with the post office. Get my bro- so get him a job. So he goes, If you want it, you could be in. You you can't get fired from a civil service job unless you're really trying, right? That's true. Uh, that's the stereotype. It's always work at the post office, right? 
Uh, and what a complete nutritious breakfast uh, Harry Wentz having. He's got sausage, and, uh, like hash brown lump. And raisin bread. He's got sausage and hash brown lump. Yeah, right. What else is there? Coffee? Graham. Do you, would you like to for sugar? Milk! milk! He goes, why else would that be there? He's in a serious drama and he goes, I promise Frank, no screw ups. And then he spilled the milk like a goofy goof. And the sister loves it. Well, that poor sister, how frustrating. She had to take a gallon of milk from the plastic and open it up, pour it into that glass glass until the entire half uh, gallon jug is empty. And then leave it on the table for 20 minutes. For its wealth. Oh, Star Trek connection. Third Star Trek connection. Yeah, but this one's different. This one is way late. I think it's 90s. It's the... Um, uh, the whales one, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Oh right, the San Francisco one. But right, the San game. Francisco one. He was it, the, it, um, was it was always the, it was always based in San Francisco, the Federation. Yeah, that's right. That's that's where Starfleet Academy is, and that's oh, the Trek Academy, SFA. Mm-hmm. SFASF. I've been to their campus. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no, this guy They've is... got a hell of a, um, a Quidditch team. <laughs> oh, yeah. So there's always, like, one guy who tries to be funnier than Jerry. Well, yeah, see, this is a little different. Usually, like you've pointed out, he goes into the scene and makes it happen. Here, he's reacting to another. Yeah. But and that's it... He's generously giving up the stage. Now, this guy's name is Alex Hentohoff, and he was also in Payback with Mel Gibson, but he was on a lot of TV. Melrose Place, Night Court, Family Ties, you know, Hill Street Blues, Paper Chase, Dynasty, blah, 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 blah. He was all on TV. Was he a gangster that Payback shot or what? In Payback? No. No, Gibson. Wait, didn't we shoot you for $10,000? Yeah, that's right. I want $10,000. No, it's $70,000. They made oh, that was a big point in the movie. The guy goes, all right, I'll get you your 140000 You know, his cut was seventy, And he goes, no, 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 no. It's 70000 <laughs> It was funny, man. That's, that's, that's the whole point of the movie. It's the honor. It's the Mickey Spillane honor. Right. Did you see it? Yeah. Oh, I've seen that. I've seen Point Blank, which was based on the book. And then also uh, there was a... What was that guy's the, the British guy, you know, Jason uh, Statham, he did a version of that movie. Really? So, yeah, like Payback with Mel Gibson in which he gets double-crossed by... Yeah, yeah, that's right. And it's girlfriend. A, it's based on a mystery series. The, the guy shows up in a bunch of other... Uh, mm-hmm. Walker or Porter or something yeah, like Porter, that. Yeah, Porter. And, and you don't know his first name. Remember the... That mousy guy, he's been in the movies we've watched. He goes, his name was Porter. Porter. Porter Watts. First name, last name. Just Porter. Because he, he escorts ladies. He courts people. I think he's Walker in the series. Porter. This is Jason Satham, Jennifer Lopez movie based on the book as well. So it's the same. You remember the dog took to him? We, we, you know, we're watching this movie and we're talking about that one. This is oh, a long, drawn out, boring scene, so we can <laughs> do it. It's basically 
like him say, being stupid. I don't know. He's like, go to this room and take a test. And he's like, do I take the test here? And he goes, go to this room and take the test. Yeah. Oh, look, another picture. Picture of water. Oh. oh, that's too high. That was too high. You poured it too much. There he is, making his own trouble, entering the scene. Look how not funny it is. I'm pretending that I'm pretending to try to drink. Right? He's clearly pretending. Like, are you watching uh, Jim Carrey? He's really trying. Yeah, well, I mean, Jim Carrey kind of, he is Jerry Lewis, you know. You can see the tentacles of Jerry Lewis and everything. Do you remember when uh, he was in Me, Myself, and Irene, and he, his the pills made his lips dry? Right, that's right. And he was parched. Imagine Jerry Lewis was doing that. We wouldn't believe it, you know. You have to imagine once upon a time, it all, it all came together, like, the exaggeration and the tone. Oh, that was the string of films in the early six, early to mid-60s. Yeah. yeah, no, that's when he was gold. We believed him. When he's doing the... Right. I mean, it was stupid, but he's doing the typewriter, and it really looked like he was typing on a typewriter. That was the whole... Oh, how funny. Everything he touches. Oh, my God. Look, Trevor McGee and Molly want their joke back. That's our joke, Jerry. Fall over the closet. That's the whole idea. People would line up at the radio to listen to us to open up the closet. It was a closet flange. You know Fibber McGee and Molly? Uh, No, that's a radio thing. It would be a soundtrack, right? Yeah, so they always had a running gag where you open up Fibber McGee's closet and all you would hear sound effects like, you know, melt like. You know, like all these like crashing noises. He can't get out of the post office. Hilarity. Hilarity. Now, why would the door come apart? Right. Because like, because he's a wacky. I mean, it's nonsensical. Look at the wind, Carl, the wind. The trees are blowing. You can see it behind the telephone booth. Florida is windy. This was shot in Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach. And as a matter of fact, Lewis set up the studio like complex thing. It was, just, it was at the Palm Air Country Club in Fort Lauderdale. And they had 23 rooms in there. Wow. They filmed all the post office scenes. And, in a public uh, country club? Kids listening, this is something called a payphone. Now, it's right. not a Superman changing booth. That's a, that's, Lots of kids think that it's yeah. There was a phone booth. You would sync um, a metallic, round metallic. It was called a quarter. Um, he he shot. He, he edited this movie at Margo at Margo Loga. Margo Loga. Was it called Margo Loga? Margo Larga. Margo. Holy cow! It's love interest, Mike. What is oh, she doing here? As she talks now. She didn't talk before. What happened to your hat and your hairstyle? Put the woods blowing hair in her eyes. I'm inexplicably, explicably attracted to you. You're not attractive. You destroyed my car. Cost me maybe seven hundred bucks, right? I like you. My kids wrong. We could drink Perrier. 
I bet you like me too. I was that green girl in Star Trek. You look at my glasses. You see how seventies they are. You'd like me, Mister. Isn't it fun when you see like a movie from nineteen eighty and everything's still kind of seventies, but it's yeah, kind of it's slowly popping. Second of. I mean, Jimmy Carter's on their mind. Yeah, that's right, JC. Yeah, JC on their mind. This was filmed in '79. Yeah, so it has the '70s style, but by the time, oh look at that hair boy, I can't concentrate. <laughs> Shoot in Georgia. So what we're getting is the kids like, oh come on, mom, this loser. Let's go. Can we go, mom? Be better. Well, it was nice to almost connect with you, but my cockblock son really needs to get going now. Oh, uh, I would offer you a ride. I just got a new car, you see. Would you like to see it? Oh, would, would we like to see Mr. Bo's car? No, Mom. No, Mom. <laughs> You're really glad you met him? I'm really glad I met you, Bo. Wow. This is Jerry's appearance in the People's Court. <laughs> this, you know, he was still doing the muscular dystrophy once a year. He would be in the spotlight. People remember, yeah. you know, he wasn't, it was 10 years making his own films and things not getting released and doing that awful Holocaust one. But, but still, he was on the mind of the public. I mentioned last week the he, he moved that movie to Smithsonian, the National Archives. It's going to be available in 100 years after yep. that. I cannot wait. I will be an old man. 2117? Oh, yeah. Oh, he ran over his foot. Hilarious. Uh, uh, now, the movie, now he goes roller skating? I don't think uh, so. Uh, so now he's, okay, he's got a job at the post office now, but he's going to moonlight, so he's in a disco. He would like to, where does he get these cool jobs? Oh, that, well, there goes the Oh, it's hilarity. Yeah, he didn't do the same thing. <laughs> Let me read some stuff about this clown film, because we got to talk about it. Um, right. And there's a long, boring dance scene about to come up, okay? Is it a parody of Saturday Night Fever? Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, but Airplane did this in 1980. Yes, they did. That's right. And they really did it well. You'll see yeah. how poorly he does it. Yeah, that's what um, I'm saying. Like, he's riffing on the jerk and airplane, saying that he, he's the one who could do better. No, and he can't. Listen, let's talk about it. Do you want to no. talk about it? The day, yeah, the, clown, the day the Clown Cried, 1972. You know about it, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we were talking about it even last week. I know that there's video footage of uh, uh, video footage of uh, hey, look, he's John Travolta now. No, yeah, look, he's wearing a Travolta suit. There's, there's footage on YouTube. There was a German television special where they interviewed him while he was shooting uh, the clown. And the, the clown was at the Mirror Circus in Germany, the Spiegel Circus. Uh-huh. The Spiegelman Circus. Now, I hear this film, The Day the Clown Cried, is unfinished. Oh, yeah. Well, so, is, it, or is it done, or... You don't know. No, wait, uh, say the question again, Carl. 
Oh, uh, I read on the internet that this movie is unfinished the day the clown cried. He never finished it. You know, yeah, I mean, there is a print of it. Like, the TV special show, like, scenes, but no one's really seen anything past that. You know, but he does have a working print. And uh, okay, as we were saying, maybe there's, yeah, so we'll there, see there. something. Um, it, it, it was it was a serious dramatic role. It wasn't a comedy, and I don't know. Jerry has a Jewish identity, and he he loves a clown. He really loves being a clown. So the two went together. But the vinyl together punk mutiny radio dot fm has the best. Hello, everybody. Can you hear me? I'm coming to you from the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco, California. Can you turn that up, Pam? And it's 6 o'clock on Wednesday night here in San Francisco. It's 9 o'clock in New York and 3 o'clock in the morning in Amsterdam. For all of those for whom that matters, thank you very much now that I can hear myself. My name is Antonio Pittman, and I am sitting in for the retinue of sub substitute hosts that have been graciously giving their time for the epic production here of uh, Kate's Delirium, here at Mutiny Radio. Um, the guy last week had an epic crash, and he is in the, the um, involuntary ward at San Francisco General. And he'll be there for another 21 days, trying to sort things out. Of course, it's a lifelong process. Anybody who is so inclined to think about such things never really does resolve the issue. They just learn to accommodate it and weave it in to the tapestry of their neurotic life. That's what we do here at the Gates of Delirium, weaving in the tapestry of our lives, the beauty and the grandeur of progressive rock and roll. We're going to start out tonight here at mutinyradio.fm. Did I already say that? With a classic from a band that you've heard before. This is the 50th anniversary of this particular song. And it's the band that gave the show its name. This is Yes, here at the Gates of Delirium. I've seen all good people turn their heads each day So satisfied I'm on my way I've seen all good people turn their heads each day So satisfied I'm on my way She hasn't got time to make you wise. 
That was A House of Cards, Part 2, by the band Willow Glass, an American contribution to the genre of prog rock. Not too many good ones out there, unfortunately. It's mostly a European phenomenon, in my opinion. And my opinion matters, because this is my show. <laughs> well, we're going to move on to a very, very atmospheric and uh, sweet and bitter, uh, poetic a uh, piece by Vic Mars called The Last Days of the Great House. You're listening to The Gates of Delirium here at mutinyradio.fm.
You are listening to The Gates of Delirium here as we discuss the important subjects of the world, including Gwyneth Paltrow's Jade Vagina Egg. If you have a story to relate involving Gwyneth Paltrow's Jade Vagina Egg, we'd love to hear it here at the sprawling state-of-the-art studios of MutinyRadio.fm. Call us at 415-550-0511 and give us the scoop on your experience with that egg. Tell us if it worked and where did you actually place it to maximize its supernatural, new-age, explosive, super-duper powers. And would you recommend it to someone else? We'd love to hear it. We're going to continue on with Osric Tentacles. This is Plowm.
Keep talking, keep talking. That was Plowm by Osric Tentacles, a British band formed in 1991 in Somerset, England, and was associated with the Krusty Movement, movement of neo-hippies that traveled around in caravans throughout the 90s, taking assorted synthetic chemicals and listening to awesome music like Osric Tentacles. We're going to move on with Spock's Beard right now, an excellent song that I love. It's called Bennett Built a Time Machine. This is true prog in every sense of the word. Tell me what you think. Gail, I know you're listening. Baby 
that's not necessary. We're going to continue on with Spock's Beard. This is from The Messenger. You're listening to The Gates of Delirium with me, Antonio Pittman, bringing you the best sounds of rock and roll the way God meant it for it to be. This is Spock's Beard.
that was Spock's beard. It was called the From the Messenger. And it certainly had a spectral, astral feel to it. A beautiful wall of luscious sound. As always, here at the Gates of Delirium, we're going to be moving on right now with When She Comes by Vandergraaf Generator. A German band from long ago. They've put out a ton of albums. And I'm going to remind you that you are listening to the Gates of Delirium. And we would like to thank our sponsors, Sackbutt and Crumhorn, our legal advisors, and Alfred's World of Trousers. Alfred will hook you up with the trouser of your dreams, the trouser that you never thought possible, acres and acres of trousers into infinity. Alfred is prepared to guide you down those aisles, face the endless beyond, and look good doing it in the best trousers available in the greater Des Moines area. Stop by and say hello. The Gates of Delirium sent you. Me, Antonio Pittman. Alfred will hook you up. This is Vandergraaf Generator. You think she's really with you And you think that she'll always stay Gates of Delirium. Always ready to forgive you Always ready to grant you her mercy But in her own way When she comes She'll be a stranger, stop dumb You'll try to protest with the drum Beat out the danger too late You should have noticed Where she is 